What is the best and worst case scenario for the Cowboys at pick 24? And are there any sleepers that the Cowboys could find on day three that could contribute right away? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out at McCoolBCB. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Doing well. We're getting closer. We are inching closer and closer to this thing. Uh, a lot. We are in the middle of lying season. Uh, but but that have no fear, Cowboys fans. We would never lie to you. We're we're, we're here to answer your questions truthfully and try to sort through some of the uh, the noise and, and get to the signal. Uh, all right, let's get to as many questions as we can today. This first one actually comes from a couple different people, including Poncho and John. They want to know what is the worst case scenario for the Cowboys at pick twenty four, at least in your in your mind. Like, what's the thing you don't want to see them do? Yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like uh, this year, more than a lot of years, it, it, it feels like the worst case scenario uh, is not as um, is not as terrible, I guess, as it could be, right? Like, I mean, it feels like the Cowboys have a lot of good options at 24, potentially. Uh, I, I would say that worst case scenario would be something where you take all, all the wide receivers are gone, Um Maybe they don't feel comfortable about one of these these guards or something, or or they're all gone somehow, uh, and then you're forced to pick, you know, a position that you don't have quite the same strong strength of need there, um, and and then you just make a bad pick on top of that. So like, let's say, um, uh, you know, like a, a cornerback. Like I, I think I, I think something. I, I know that everyone's talking about cornerback because of what's going on with Joseph, but. Like something like Andrew Booth, you Kyle know, uh, yeah. Well, I mean Booth specifically, but Gordon uh, Booth specifically because he's dealing with an injury and like you know, there's just like some uncertainty there. Um, you know, I think something where uh, the Cowboys are are wiped out at offensive line, wiped out at wide receiver, and then they pick a player that you know has some inherent risk there as well, right? That I think that would probably be. That could lead you to worst case scenario, right? Where you get into a situation where your first round pick, um, you know, is either isn't ready for training camp or isn't completely over his injury or you know has kind of a delayed start to their season, and you're waiting for them to kind of get into training camp. I just think that the Cowboys really need to kind of whoever is at 24 for them to hit the ground running and 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 to be like available to kind of make a move for their starting spot right away because the Cowboys have you know, needs at certain spots. So any, any one of those scenarios, I, I can't really think of someone specifically that would be oh, so terrible. Uh, it's, it's your guy, I can't, it's your guy, Tyler Smith, right? Oh, okay. I, I, I really feel like the Cowboys need guys that can come in and start from day one that aren't major projections, right? Either whether it's at receiver or left guard or edge rusher. I, I, They've got a lot of holes on their roster. They need guys that can come in and contribute right away. Maybe not necessarily start, but play right away. I think if you draft somebody like Tyler Smith, you're hoping that he learns how to play left guard 
and he's ready for day one because that that's such a big projection for me though. That that's the one I just can't see at twenty four. Yeah, I mean. I, I I disagree, obviously, but I, I don't love Tyler Smith at 24 necessarily, but I also feel like it's a pretty safe projection for him into left guard. Um, you but know, is that oh, but is that something you do at 24 though? Is you draft a no? I, I think left guard. I think it's a reach, but yeah. I also think that there are certainly many many other picks that I would I would that are possible that I would hate more than that for sure. But but I, I I definitely understand. Like I said, it's oh, it's man. it's rich for that player. Uh, but I, I certainly right. wouldn't be shocked or, or terribly upset. Let me give you a different one. Yeah. This one this one's a little tricky. What if the Cowboys pick Dax Hill at pick twenty four? So that's somebody who uh, can play slot corner as a you know matchup safety. Is that something you're interested in? Because I'm I'm just not sure if that player has a ton of value for Dallas at least at pick twenty four. Yeah, I mean, when I hear them talk, when I hear folks talk about Dax Hill, it's not that I don't like the player because you watch the tape and it's it's lovely. It's 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 great to watch. He has a, an incredible skill set. But I agree, it's it seems to be, um, you know, if 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 offensive guard and 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 wide receiver are needs, th- that position that he's playing is like the far end of the opposite of that for the Cowboys. Yeah. Like they they have those guys kind of in place. They have multiple players who can play in the slot. They have at least three safeties that they like. So uh, I think the Dax Hill is, is an improvement and an upgrade for sure. But how much of an improvement and an upgrade is he, considering yeah. you're taking him at the 24th pick versus what you should be taking there? I think that there is something to the idea that, that yeah, he's a good player, but how much are you really improving your roster by taking him there? Or are you kind of just stocking up in an area where you already have a lot and look there's there's a whole thought process to like drafting toward towards your strengths but i I think that you know there's a point where uh there's diminishing returns there and i think having too many players there is not a terrible thing but having too few players at other spots where you needed to draft guys that could be detrimental i'll say one more guy that i wouldn't love i I don't know if it's a doomsday scenario but like Devontae wyatt really good player i think he's a first round level player I just don't know if that's what the Cowboys need on their defensive line right now. I think they're good on three techniques between Gallimore, Tristan Hill. They have Osa who can kind of do some of that stuff. They can move DeMarcus Lawrence inside if they need to. It feels like it's a lot of the same if you draft Devontae Wyatt at 24. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's very similar to the Dax Hill situation, right, where it's it's – I like the player. I think the player is going to be a good player. He's is he worthy of the twenty fourth pick? Yeah, absolutely. It's just yes. that for the Cowboys, they have a lot of stock there. So what's yep. you know why why add to a spot that's already very overfull with players? Uh, all right, let's get to uh, some more questions. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about a couple of our sponsors, including Athletic Greens. Uh, I've been on Athletic Greens for about a month right now, and it's I love it. I have it right in the morning before I have my cup of coffee. Uh, So what is in this stuff? It's one delicious scoop of AG1, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins and minerals to help start your day off right. Uh, I actually feel great after I take it. I've I've had so much more energy in the morning. It costs less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. In fact, it's cheaper than if you went out and bought all the vitamins and minerals yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system uh, now that we're getting into cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every single day, and that's it. 
No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is go to visit uh, athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NFL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We also want to tell you guys about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all the betting stats and sports info that you need. Find all the latest sports developments, including league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting, the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Lynn, next question. Uh, a couple of people wanted to know, who are some guys that the Cowboys could get big values on in this class because of maybe injury concerns, off-the-field concerns? I, I, I've i got a couple that I'll mention while you think. But uh, number one, Luke Gadecki, uh, an offensive tackle from Central Michigan. He's only played like 17 career games. He got hurt before the Senior Bowl, didn't play at the Senior Bowl, didn't work out at the Combine, didn't work out his pro day. But if you watch the tape, this is a top 50 player all day long. He might be available with the Cowboys pick at 87. And you're looking at somebody who could instantly come in and start at left guard uh, and maybe at right tackle if you need to. Um, anybody else you want to mention? Uh, just like value in general that we think based on injury and other stuff. Yeah. Uh, I think Sam Williams is the guy that we've kind of talked about a lot, yep. right? But I think that he's going to be someone that kind of falls into that category of being a valued player because of uh, not necessarily uh, uh, you know, having a clean off field record and clean, having some stuff that, that yeah. is, uh, is kind of non-football related. So if the Cowboys are able to get their, wrap their heads around that, then, then, then they can, you know, hopefully get a player that has some upside that has some production in the sec uh, that, that would be kind of, you know, pushed down because of that off field stuff, obviously. I, I got uh, another one that's hard to talk about, but I'll bring uh, him up. Anderson from Georgia. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Adam Anderson I mean, from Georgia. So uh, let's just start off with the bad. Uh, he has he got arrested in I believe it was October, um, and he has two felony uh, rape cases that are ongoing right now. Um, no idea where they're at in the prosecution and any of that kind of stuff. But uh, my guess is he goes seventh round or undrafted. But before this stuff landed, like before the the, the accusations and the charge. He was viewed as a top 10 pick because in his last 200 snaps, he had 11 and a half sacks. His win rate was incredible. He's six foot four, 240 pounds with 35 and a half inch arms and ran a four, five, five at his pro day. I mean, he is a heck of an athlete. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, you take, you can't separate the off field from, no. from these guys, but, no. but if you could, this guy would, you know, be in the conversation for the number one overall pick. I think, I mean, just based oh, on gosh, his shape yeah. and, his, yeah. and his, and his value. So uh, obviously the, the situation that he's in makes him basically undraftable. Uh, if for some reason, you know, that situation fell through or if it was, you know, uh, determined to be a, 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 an invalid accusation, um, yeah, some team would potentially get an incredible value there. I, I think, you know, I, I think back to, 
uh, Lyle Collins, honestly. Um, you know, the, a situation where a guy is a first round pick who, you know, kind of, I mean, this is a little different because it was Lyle kind of had happened a little bit closer to the draft. And we've been, know, we've known about this situation with Anderson since the season. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that as far as just, you know, the potential for drafting a, an elite, elite, elite talent, um, basically undrafted, you know, or, or very, very low rate. Yeah. I mean, that, that could qualify again, but you're also very likely, you know, drafting a guy who could be going to prison or, you know, at the very least, you know, suspended from, from the league for the entirety of your contract with him. So, uh, yeah, it, that's obvious. There's a reason that teams are obviously staying away from him at this point. Uh, yeah, I'm, I remember watching the the playoff game against Cincinnati, or not the play, it was a bowl game against Cincinnati in 2020. And that was a defense that had Aziz Ojolari, who had like eight sacks as a rookie, Trayvon Walker, who might be the number one pick in the draft, and Jermaine Johnson, all playing at the same time. And he was the best rusher out of all those guys. And that's why he's intriguing. But yeah, it's 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 going to be hard for any team to justify drafting him. But would it shock you if somebody spent a sixth or seventh round pick and said, you know what, if this works out, we got a top five player. If he's convicted, we're cutting him and it's whatever. I would not shock me at all. A couple other guys, Damone Clark, linebacker from LSU. I know who's somebody that we mentioned early in the process, yeah. maybe as a third or fourth round pick. Uh, he had a, was a spinal surgery that's going to cause him to miss at least most of his rookie season, if not all. But if you get him fifth, sixth round, and you redshirt him for a year, you might be getting a starting quality linebacker late on day three. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy that we talked about early in the process before knowing about the injury. Um, you know, I, I liked him a lot, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe as much as some of these other guys who are you know, being considered as second-round picks. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think he's a guy that if you can figure out a situation or if you can get him for maybe a limited amount of time or, or just kind of, like I said, get, get a hold of the information of what the deal is with this injury and kind of understand the risks there. You're getting a player who is a very good linebacker played at a high level at an SEC school, I think probably was a top 100 pick before the injury stuff. So, um, yeah, I think that's another great example of a guy that could be, Lower on the board because of yep. some stuff, but if you get him on the field and, and things work out right, you're getting a, a hell of a player on the field. Uh, all right, next one, question from at Jones's babysitter. Good name. Uh, <laughs> under what circumstance would you uh, consider trading some 2023 draft capital, and when would it be a good idea? Like, is there a value shift after the top of the first round? Uh, which, wh- when would you consider giving up some of those 2023 draft picks? You know, uh, I, I think it's tough because it, it, you know, despite what people are saying, it feels like the value at the top of the draft is not is not very high, and, and it feels like it may be better next year, but it's hard to say. So I would say that if we're talking about you know moving up in the second round with a twenty twenty two or I'm sorry twenty twenty three second round pick or something or uh, you know, throwing in a, a next year's third to kind of just, you know, sweeten something. I'm okay with that. I I don't know that the Cowboys are interested or, and I, I don't think I'm interested necessarily in trading our first round pick next year. Um, I, I think, you know, like I said, 
A second rounder is probably the most I would do in a situation where maybe you're trying to retain some of this this year's picks while still being able to move up a little bit. Uh, I could be convinced for that if you're talking about a situation where you got like specifically like something where you got a wide receiver in the first round that you really like and you need to you know have a little bit extra kick to move up to go get guard of your choice, whoever that is. Uh, but I, I just, I think I'm wary there. It would definitely need to be a specific case. I, I wouldn't give away my second round next year, second round pick willy nilly just for, you know, to trade up for no reason. Like I would want specifically to go get someone that like we liked a lot in the first round that we could get in the second round. Uh, outside of that, I'm not necessarily trying to give away next year's picks where I think maybe the draft may even be better uh, than it is this year. Yeah. But if, for me, it's like, Third round pick, like that. That's where I start considering. Like, if it cost me my future third round pick to go from, I'm okay with that. Yeah, fifty six to forty two, right? And, yeah, and that's, I'll do that. Kenyon Green's avail- available, or Bernard Raymond's available. Yeah, why not? The Cowboys are getting back a fourth round pick for Randy Gregory. You're getting two six rounders. I'm not gonna lose a lot of sleep over not having a third round pick, right? That's not who they're trading up for for 40s, though. You know that. And you just don't want to say the name that they're trading up for. No, the 40s. I mean, I'm hoping the other guy is gone at that point. But I, Tyler this, Smith is the guy that they would be targeting if he was into the 40s, likely, if he fell in there, I, I would imagine. But, but yes, I, I do think there's a, a high likelihood that Tyler Smith doesn't make it out of the first round. Okay, I, let, let me give you a different guy. Let's say they picked their offensive lineman in the first round, right? Okay. And okay. all of a sudden, they, they want an edge rusher, right? Um, Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State, who I know they at least like a little bit. He's there at 42. I could see that, right? Hey, that's a that's a guy that we can have be our right defensive end for the future, and it only costs us a third, and we can still keep our third run this year to address whatever, wide receiver, tight end. I, I could see something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think – like I said, third round is kind of where I'm at, like as far as the top end of where I would feel comfortable trading of next year's picks. I, I just don't want to cha- trade out of those first two rounds unless I, I really feel like I'm going to get someone I, I really, really like or have a first round grade. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I think third round is, is, is a great sweetener. And I think he can move you up the spots you need, especially in the second round, to kind of go get someone if you need to. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's get to some more questions. Uh, this one from Chris. How many true needs do the Cowboys have right now? Like, how many positions do they have to fill before we get to week one? I would say, I mean, obviously, definitely offensive line and wide receiver. Um, they 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 need another tight end. I would say uh, they could like they could they could add an edge rusher. Uh, I would say those are the positions that they definitely need play. some bodies there uh and tight end really i mean they could probably go into the season with what they've got at tight end i think they'd I, be I just fine. don't know i just don't know that they want to yeah and even edge like i think you're likely adding somebody but you may not be adding somebody who's going to be immediately part of the starting rotation at the early part of the season it may be someone that you're working into the lineup as the season goes on so Wide receiver, offensive line, obviously. And by offensive line, I think guard and tackle. I mean, you still need a swing tackle situation. That may not be something that you're looking for in the draft, but that's still a position that you you need. Um, but, yeah, I, I would say that wide receiver, offensive line, you know, lesser than a, a edge and tight end. 
Yeah, it's really left guard and wide receiver three for me. Everything else that I think they can go into the season and be fine with. Um, and even left guard, I mean, they have options. Yeah. I know, I know they're not super excited about Connor McGovern, but they could play in there if they need to. Yeah, I think that it feels like they're working towards maybe, you know, setting up a contingency plan there. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, okay. I think, but I think wide receiver is definitely, they got to add a body there for sure. Like, and a, a top end body. Uh, next question from Sean Of all the players you've seen mocked to the Cowboys, which one is your favorite? I mean, I, I, I really like the idea of, of, Alave, if they could get him with the Cowboys, I think it just makes a lot of sense. It fits with what they want to do. Um, you know, I prefer, like I said, I have Alave above Williams. I prefer Williams for this team. So if Williams makes it, I, I'm jumping for joy just because I think it, it's such a great fit for yeah. what the Cowboys need on this offense. Uh, but you're not really seeing that happen very much. That's not really like something that's being mocked a ton. Yeah. So uh, Alave is 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 a great name, I think. Um, you know, I love the guards, so I, I'm totally thrilled with those guys too. Guard, uh, both Green and and Zion Johnson. So, um, who, what about you? I've seen a couple of mocks where they have Charles Cross falling away to 24. That one's not. I <laughs> uh, certainly would be mad. You know what's funny is I, I feel like you learn a lot about yourself when you scroll through mock drafts and you're you're just wanting to see what name pops up at twenty four, right? You're sometimes you don't necessarily know who you're rooting for, but when the yeah. guy is there at twenty four and it's like, oh, I I really like that pick. For me, it's Alave. It really is like that's mm. the guy that I just think they, they've been missing for so long. That guy that can get open and make plays down the field. It's kind of it doesn't drop passes. Seems like a pretty important thing for receivers to do right i that's the guy it's like if the cowboys draft him i could probably figure out guard there's a there's enough guys on day two um i i can move guys around enough i can go out and sign a free agent but to get a young receiver like alave who has been super productive and fits their offense it's it's kind of hard to to not love that pick yeah i mean the funny thing is is that the knock you hear on alave a lot is that he's doesn't seem like wide receiver one to a lot of folks. It's because right? it's not like great after the catch, right? Yeah, and and I think that you know that's that's totally fine for what the Cowboys are looking for, right? Like they have two guys that they kind of like at that position. I mean, really, when you say wide receiver one, uh, you know, you kind of mean you know X receiver in these offenses, the guys that are going to get line share. You have two guys who can already kind of function in that role, so you don't need Alave to step in and do that. In fact, you can slot him right into the slot. And mm-hmm. he can play play really what really really well there. He can do some stuff as a Z. I just think that you know, it may be Alave's best case scenario for him to end up with the oh, Cowboys. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I think it's just it it fits what he's used to, what he's comfortable with, working inside a system, being part of a group. Uh, and I think his skill set matches what the Cowboys are kind of needing there in in the sense that it's it's kind of the Cooper replacement. Um, but I think what you get. In what you lose in physicality from Cooper, uh, you get in speed, right? Yep. And so he's yeah. so he becomes kind of more of a uh, downfield version or, or more of a speed version of, of what Cooper can do. So um, yeah, I mean, again, big fan of Alave. Uh, would love to have him on the team. It feels like I mean a, a little bit more productive version of Terry McLaurin coming out of Ohio State, right? You're just getting somebody who's a really good route runner that can get open down the field and has elite speed. Sign me up. 
Uh, all right, let's get to some more questions. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all of the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in the how'd you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. Uh, this is a fun question from Yuma Cactus. What do you think about Sunday Ticket potentially moving away from DirecTV to Apple TV? Is that true? I haven't heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I mean, on a personal level, I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've got an Apple TV subscription. I mean, I'm, so I'm, I'm, I would be thrilled You're about good. it. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm good. I'm bummed. I got, I got five direct TV receivers in my house just for Sunday tickets. So I'm a little bummed. But so. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you can start buying some Apple TVs, I guess. But uh, yeah, if that's I, listen, case, I am uh, a little worried about the streaming part of it. Like, <laughs> there's still a lot of people that buy Sunday ticket who are older that don't really know how to stream or don't have the internet ability to stream. So it, it does make me a little bit nervous that some of those people wouldn't be able to watch games oh well i mean trust me they're they'll they'll call me i mean you know i mean like it's like you're gonna get look yes will it will it uh, uh call for an increase in calls from uh older parents to their younger children uh to say why yes. can't i get the football to work yes absolutely it will uh but you know I, it's the price you pay for for moving to the future i guess i i don't know I'm okay with it. I, 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 I know you. Are. I knew, I knew you would be, but that's that's okay. Just, I'm getting those phone calls anyways from my in-laws and from my parents all the time, so it's it's you know it's inevitable. All right, more questions. <laughs> uh, can the Cowboys get a dynamic returner in this class, or and do they need one? Uh, do you think the Cowboys want to get Tony Pollard off special teams a little bit? I don't know. You know, I mean. <sighs> I I, I I don't think that they want him to, to return punts. Um, they had him only doing kickoffs last year, which I think he yeah. had a, he had a kickoff touchdown, I believe, last year. I don't remember. He had several game. big pick. I mean, I'm pretty sure he led the league in, in or at least at certain at certain points was leading the league in, in kickoff returns. Yeah. So I, I'm not like you know dying to get him off of that necessarily. You know, I think that if anything, they should further codify. Uh, uh, his role, you know, like as you know, a special teams guy, the mix up back, uh, more slot receiver stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I think explosive, you know, limited touches are, are, are good, are a good formula for him. Uh, and, and I think that the kickoff, the kickoff, you know, are, are a spot where he can provide value, uh, you know, maybe in ways that a lot of other players can't in this league. So I don't, you know, I understand the risk, the injury risk, but but I think that he has a lot of value there, and, and that's something that they're probably going to continue to want to use. So their punt returner right now, because they lost Cedric Wilson, who did it a lot last year, is probably CeeDee Lamb. I, I, I don't know if you want CeeDee Lamb back there fielding a ton of punts. Yeah, I mean, this is certainly an opportunity for uh, someone that gets drafted to come in and do. You know, I think uh, – so, yeah, CeeDee Lamb and then maybe – 
you know, I think you know Trayvon Diggs can also do it again. Not another another guy you don't necessarily want to do that. No, no. Um, but I think you know other guys have done it before in the past. I think Jordan Lewis can return kicks if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, and he can return but, punts if you need him to. They have options, but uh, you know, can I give you, punt, give you a guy the draft? Uh, yeah, please. A couple guys. Um, Marcus Jones, who I think I mentioned a couple times in this podcast. Yeah. Uh, his career kick return average is twenty eight point four. Very good. Career punt return average, 14. Uh, during the 2020 season, he averaged almost 20 yards per return. Nine career special teams touchdowns. That's Pretty incredible. dynamic returner. Uh, I believe – I'll double-check this. Yeah. Uh, he had 13 total touchdowns on offense, defense, and special teams during his career. Pretty pretty dynamic player. Zonovan White uh, – or sorry, Zonovan Knight uh, from North Carolina State's an option. There's guys late in this draft. If you need returners, you can find them. But I, I think Marcus Jones is probably the best returner in this class. Yeah, I mean, obviously I've heard you talk about him before, and I've seen some highlights, and it's he's pretty incredibly dynamic. Uh, you know, the question is, is like, you know, do we, you know, do we want to invest there? I mean, like punt return is such a, a position that they're trying to like really just get rid of through mm-hmm. rules. So it's like, how much do you really want to invest there? How much do you really want to, you know, you know, use a roster spot for something specifically like this? I think they would prefer to have guys that are, you know, well versed in other spots yep. that can punt return. Yep. Uh, I, I think the the days of maybe going out and and drafting a specific punt returner are probably done. That's why I like Marcus Jones because he was an all American back to back years as a cornerback as well. So you're getting, you're getting a a guy that can contribute right away as a slot corner. Plus he's going to be a dynamic returner. That's like a great bonus is what it is. Exactly. That's what I think the Cowboys are going to be looking for. I, I would be shocked if they roster somebody who their primary job is to be a returner. I, I just don't think that's something they're all that interested in, or maybe, and I don't think they probably should be either. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a spot where, you know, like I said, <sighs> the rules are changing so much and there's just such a, an emphasis to try to kind of reduce the number of punt returns that Cowboys shouldn't like focus on a specific player for that spot or waste a specific roster spot for that spot. They should just find guys that fit other parts of their offense and defense that can punt return. Last question. It's a really quick one. Uh, this is a fake trade somebody sent us uh, oh, from Jackie. Pick 24 to the Jaguars for pick 33, LaVisca Chanel and Caleb on Chase on. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. So it's it's 24 for 50. Was it 24 for what was the it's pick? It's just 24 for 33, Chase uh-huh. on and Chanel. Would they, they wouldn't say yes to that, would they? No, my guess is you probably only get one of those guys. Yeah, that's what I would think too, right? Um. Although, man, yeah, you, I, uh, losing that fifth-year option is is a little hard to stomach. Yeah. Especially yeah, if, you, think, if the plan is to draft a receiver because, I mean, look how valuable cost, that fifth-year yeah. it is. I mean, I think about like CeeDee Lamb, right? I mean, we still have three years – the Cowboys have three years of control under CeeDee Lamb where like a 2019 second-round pick like Debo Samuel, three years in the league and he's already wanting a contract. It's yeah. a pretty big deal, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe what you do is you do that trade, that kind of trade, if you get to 24 and you're, and you're wiped out at wide receiver, yeah. right? 
Like that, that that would that would be a great scenario for uh, dealing with the kind of uh, nightmare scenario that they got yeah. brought up at the top of the show, right? Look how circular you, that is. We solved yeah, we solved yeah. the first question with the last question. That's beautiful. Who would you rather take a chance on, Chanel or Caleb on Chase on? I think Chenault because because the thing is for me is that Chenault has physical tools that I feel like I could do something with right not not that Chase on doesn't necessarily and we like I mean at least I like Chase on a little bit when he's coming out um, but I think that with Chase on you know it, it was more on the side of technique versus athleticism that yeah. was kind of winning. And I think that with yeah. wide receiver, the position, you know, Chenault is not a very, very developed skill set wide receiver. But I do think that, again, kind of much like we were talking about with uh, Burks, right? There are ways that if you can generate uh, uh, touches for him, that he can, you know, be a valuable player with the ball in his hands. And I think that that has uh, a lot of inherent value. Uh, you know, if, if Chason's not able to get home as a pass rusher, uh, then you know that he's a very limited player, you know, and so uh, I think that the, the Cowboys probably would, especially with the, with the situation that they're currently in, I would say that they would, if they had to choose between the two, it would be Chenault. I'd, I'd take Chenault, right? You have a receiver on a two year deal, much cheaper than Chase on, who has the first round draft capital, right? Uh, I, I think Chenault could be a wide receiver four for you, right? And he could do some things out of the backfield. If you want to have somebody that could touch the ball three times as a running back and put him back there, I think he could do that. And I've at least seen him make 12 or 15 quality plays that make me think, you know what, maybe in a different situation, this is this is a different player. I haven't seen it from Jason. Jason has two sacks in two years as a pass rusher for Jackson. I, I just – I don't see that one. It's, I mean, to be fair to both of these players, it's difficult to kind of evaluate them when they're on such a bad team. You know, both yeah. the offense and the defense are terrible. Uh, you know, with Chase on, he has less of a of a excuse because he does have Allen opposite of him, so he does get some of that attention drawn away from him. But uh, you know, it's not much better. Yeah. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you're checking out the Ultimate Mock Draft. Uh, we had episode one posted in our feed, so you can go back and listen to that. Episode two is out. Uh, go subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft uh, wherever you get your podcast. Check out our show out, Locked On Cowboys, on YouTube. Continue to download us wherever you get your podcast. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye, everybody. <laughs>